Jr. First and foremost, thank you for joining us here on We're Talking Bears. We're excited to have you guys as a celebrity guest. We were really wanted to congratulate you, Jeremy Jr., on being selected number nine overall for the XFL draft. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, Are you already in Orlando? And what's going on? So I'm actually still in Chicago uh, right now. I'll be heading down to uh, Florida actually on Sunday. Um, I'll be down there for a couple of days um, to train with my offensive line coach. And uh, I won't head down to Texas actually until January. The uh, the XFL station all there, like XFL teams in uh, Arlington, Texas. So I'll be down there in uh, January. Excellent, excellent. Well, when you go to Orlando, are you going to hit Disney World? Oh, for sure, I got to. As long as he, as long as he hits it off my my paycheck, you know, as he gets out of my pockets, I'm okay. He can do whatever he like. <laughs> let, let me let me flash back to you, Jeremy Senior. How are you feeling, man? I know how proud we are as fathers of our yeah. son's success. How are you feeling, man? I'll be honest. Uh, it's been a culmination of um, uh, hard work and effort on his part, and then his mom and I. Uh, staying in his uh, pocket, meaning staying on his side. You, you, as you all can imagine, you all know how sports can be, uh, even at the high school level, then the college level. I've had some stories of having to tell a coach, like, no, nah, that's too far. He's still my kid. And if, unless you want to see me, there's going to be problems. So then we go to college level. It's not, you can't do that. They're, they're you know, they're grown. And I'm and having to, you know, help them maneuver through the minutia of, okay, this coach is this way, this coach is that way. And that's just how it is in life. It's just like, you know, when you live um, you live and work, you have different types of bosses. They have different personalities. You have to find ways to make them uh, happy while keeping yourself happy. And that's just pretty much how it goes. So I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of everything he's done. I'm just ready for him to go do what he does well. That's all I want to see. I just want to let him do his work. Let him work. That's all, I'm, I'm, that's all I want to see. Yes, sir. And, and to follow up on that, like Jeremy, like, you know, he's talking about all these different uh, ways the coaches push you, you know, like what right now, like who's pushing you right now? What does your training look like? So I, I checked out a couple of different training uh, locations, um, actually like one downtown, like uh, closer to like West Loop and then like one like closer in the suburbs um, that like I, it's kind of like a family friend that I know about. Um, I ended up going with the the family friend. He uh he trained a lot of guys that I knew, mostly baseball, but he also trains like NFL athletes as well. And um, right now, until I, I start with him, I'm just training twice a day with myself. Um, so I go on the field, I go in the weight room, I do things that I've kind of learned over these last 18 plus years of playing football that I kind of know, and uh, just train myself until I start training with my personal trainer. So. Okay. And the team provides all that? Um, or is that something you do kind of just on your own and you're just, yeah. you know, self-motivated for all that? Yeah, that's that's just that's just me. Um the, the team doesn't really kind of step in until January. So I'm on my own for like the next six months. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how that, that works. Okay, okay. And then um so like, is there like a special element you got to your training? Is there like, you know, something, you know, do you do like martial arts, judo or something, or, you know, boxing, anything like that? 
Uh, not not necessarily. I, I would say that um, when I was down in uh, Austin, when I was preparing for the draft, um, we did kind of do like jujitsu, like on Saturdays. Um, I have a wrestling background. I, I wrestled in high school, and um, I told myself like in the off season of football that I was gonna my training my off season training was gonna kind of incorporate jujitsu or like some type of martial arts or like wrestling because like I have that wrestling background so. I still like to wrestle when I can. Um, it, it still kind of keeps me in shape, keeps me light on my feet. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. A lot of a lot of guys are doing that. Um, so going to the XFL, right? That's mm-hmm. a little bit uh, a little bit new. Not a lot of guys have have you know made this transition. Obviously, they just finished their first season. So, like, what do you think the differences are between that and the NFL? for, you know, how you prep for game days, all of that? Um, I feel like it, it's really all the same. Um, I feel like, you know, it's football at the end of the day. It's professional football at the same time. Um, it's it's kind of like all about perspective. Um, it may not be the NFL, but I'm playing against professional athletes at the end of the day. I'm getting compensated for that. I'm playing what I want to do and I'm doing what I love. So um, it's a, obviously a shorter season. Um, it's a different, you know, time period of like, actual football season um but i look at it as like an opportunity to uh showcase my skills and you know hopefully move on to the nfl after after the season's over with okay okay and the and the connection between the xfl obviously you just said you know you'd be wrestling and stuff and you know now the league is run by the rock so you like watch like professional wrestling do you like do any of that stuff in the backyard you know what i mean when you was a kid Um, all that what was funny is that uh when i was younger um after school on fridays i would come home i would make a bologna and cheese sandwich and i would sit and watch friday night raw all night (laughs) i'll watch that from the day i got out of school to like saturday morning like i'll watch it all day so like that was kind of uh, my background with wrestling. I think I had a, a birthday party at Hollywood Park when I was like 14. And I remember getting a gift. I had like the WrestleMania like starter pack and I had all the discs. And I remember watching all the different like, you know, WrestleMania um, like disc and everything. Um, I guess I kind of started my love for wrestling and stuff like that. I'm kind of pushed into uh, high school. But yeah, I, I enjoyed all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know that, you know, me and nephew, you know, back in the day, we would always, you know, pretend the beds were the top rope and, you know, power <laughs> arm and suplex each other all the time. So I definitely know how that goes, man. But, uh, that sounds right. That sounds right. You said you wrestled in, in high school? Yeah, I did. Okay. Okay. Mount mm-hmm. Carmel, right? Yes, sir. That's what's up. Yeah, I used to, I, I went there, I went there for, for a minute myself, man. Rich, okay. rich football history for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, telling um, telling telling us about the XFL, uh, about that whole draft process, all of that. I, I really want to hear about, uh, you know, what it what it's like to, uh, go through, the back to back draft process of preparing for the NFL draft all the, you know, pre-draft workouts and team interviews, and then immediately off the back of that, have to roll right into another one. How does that, how does that feel? And what's that like to go through? Um, and make sure you throw in your agent, what your agent was telling you before the NFL draft. 
Yeah. Um, if I'm being perfectly honest with you guys, like it, it was a lot. Um, it was um, you hear a lot of things from different coaches, different scouts, um, different agents. You hear a lot of different chatter, and like you know, what really matters is what happens on draft night because everything else is everything else. So, um, I would say that <clears throat> going into the draft, uh, my agent and NFL scouts, uh, they all told me that I ranked like uh, I was the 25th, 25th ranked guard in the draft out of like 50. Um, and uh, I was like kind of looked at as like a seventh round draft pick or a free agent signing. So that's kind of what I was like expecting come the draft uh, day. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, a lot of guys fell in my position for whatever reason. Um, I had different contracts, you know, lined up from different teams that said they, you know, to be by my phone and, you know, be ready. Like I had at least eight teams call me before the draft and say like to be by my phone on Saturday because they were going to call me. So I was, I was expecting a call. Um, obviously that didn't happen again. Um, but I would say that preparing for the XFL or the NFL draft first was a lot in itself. Um, I mean, it was it was a lot of things that, you know, some things you just can't control, like what people may say about you, whether it's good, bad or indifferent. Um, uh, you know, the ups and downs of workouts, you know, training every day, um, you know, working your body out every day, like having to wake up early in the mornings and, you know, being on a, a specific like meal plan. Um, I think that my time in Austin and, you know, preparing for the NFL draft was a good thing overall. Um, I had a lot of guys that I, you know, made connections with. Um, a lot of the trainers that were there, I made personal connections with as well. Um, and my overall experience is really good. And then kind of pivoting after the draft and going to Pittsburgh and Kansas City, um, seeing how like an NFL team operates, um, seeing kind of like the inner workings of like what a rookie NFL minicamp is, um, seeing the guys you kind of stack up against, what you have, what you don't have. You know, where guys, you, you kind of see a lot of different things. Um, the feedback that I received from, from those two uh, camps were that I performed really well um, and that I, they really didn't have any negative thing to say about it. Um, they had already signed, you know, guys ahead of me and I already drafted guys. I was really more of like a weightless guy. So I was told by my eight, well, I was told through my agent that I was like on like the back burner basically. So like, you know, if somebody gets hurt in camp coming up in a couple of weeks and they'll give me a call, which which still can happen. So obviously, you know, NFL camp start up in a couple of weeks from now. And if, you know, a guy goes down, you know, I'll get a call. And, um, you know, so I was kind of waiting on that. Um, I got a call from my agent um, that the XFL draft was going to happen on my birthday. And I want to say a week before the XFL draft, the uh, Orlando Guardians um, run game coordinator, uh, Mike McGlynn, he called, he reached out to me on Instagram. Actually, one time I didn't respond. And then the second time he asked, like, am I interested in XFL? And I'm like, of course, like, I, I'll definitely be interested. We, uh, you know, traded information. And uh, literally days later, they drive me number nine. And uh, that's really kind of how it all happened. Um, so the morning of the draft, I wake up and I'm kind of, you know, you know, I'm kind of expecting anything to happen. Um, I think that I've kind of been through this situation before. So not that I didn't expect good things, but I also didn't want to go in too, too excited because I know that anything can happen. I mean, in this profession, um, guys get hurt, guys get injured, guys get cut, guys get, you know, on teams. I mean, it's just what it is. 
So um, I think around like 1.15, I get a call from um, Mike and he's like, you know, Jeremy, uh, I'm really uh, excited about what you know, the future is for you. And I looked over your film, I looked over everything that you have um, you know, done in the past. And, you know, as an organization, we would like to drive for number nine. So that's what that happened. Uh, I got the phone. I was with my dad, actually. I told him. And uh, I mean, it was I was really shocked. I didn't know what to I didn't know what to say for real. Like I, I really was just like it really just happened for real. Like, you know, like I don't even want to go through all the things that I went through in the past to get to this point. But I mean, I probably, you know, a lot of people can say that they've been through a lot, but I know from my personal experience, it's been it's been rough. It's been up and downs, it's been murky waters, it's been I don't really know, it's been kind of, you know, but I feel as though um through all my time throughout college and high school and even before that that I've really just stayed true to who I am. Um I haven't lot you know allowed people to say what I can and cannot do. Um there's gonna be a lot of people to say what you can and cannot do. I think people put, you know, their thoughts and what they believe in themselves on you without really, you know, understanding like who you are as a person. So if they don't believe in themselves, then they're not going to say they believe in you. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. It's really just uh, when they kind of talk about, you know, you versus you, it's really you versus you every day. Um, only you um, is the only person that you need to believe in. You don't need anyone else to tell you what you need and what you can't do. Um, I think the most important part and the only part is important is you knowing that you can do it. So um, I've always believed in myself. I've never not believed in myself. Um, even after NFL draft, I'm like, I'm gonna make it to the NFL anyway, regardless, you know, whether it's this year, next year, two years from now, like I know I'll be there because I played against NFL guys. I've done this work. I've done what I need to do. I've put the, the work in. So it's just about, you know, my journey towards the NFL is going to be just different from everybody else's. And that's fine. Man, I love how was that as a, as a dad, Jeremy senior, how, how, watching your son go through this and you know sometimes having the dream deferred and then sometimes obviously see, getting to that moment where the dream is, is coming true and and the path is is now laid out how, how's that how, how are you going through that i'll be perfectly honest with you um we were at the by the hand um i guess uh end of the year party or, or gathering uh, in the park, and Jeremy gets the call, and I'm playing, I don't know, what else, kickball or something like that. Jeremy turns to me, and I, I see that look. I'm like, you got the call. You got the call. He's like, yeah, I don't know what to feel. He just grabs me. I grab him. with a bear hug. I'm like, dude, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy for you. This is exactly how you wanted to feel even during the NFL draft. Don't even worry about it. Now it's the XFL. You know, you cannot be denied. You won't be denied. You are the man. Don't worry. You're going to show them. You've been showing them. Now they just have to, you know, you got to wait your turn. You're going to get your turn. It's, everything's going to be cool. So I, I'm, I'm really, I'm excited as a dad. You know. For sure, for sure. I absolutely know. Uh, I totally understand. You know what it I'm is, saying? I, I raised this boy, boy, and I put stuff in him that other people don't understand, don't even know. Once you once you talk to him, as you all are talking to him, you're like, this dude has some depth. I was yeah. like, if you only knew. <laughs> I was like, that's why, I, you know, I look at coaches, I was like, y'all don't even know. Y'all passing them up. I don't even understand it. Don't worry, y'all find out. 
you'll find out soon enough. Right. So, so I, I'm, I'm very excited, very, uh, very proud of him. Um, just want him to, you know, get out there and do his thing. That's all I want. Right. Hey, Coming Jerry, back, Jerry, Jerry, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. My, I apologize. I, I see. I see you got you got a loving father. You got support around you. What? Uh, what's what's your motivation? I'm sure you get get it from him as well. What what keeps you going through the obstacles? Through you know when times can be tough. Um, you know through the ups and downs that you spoke of. What what keeps you motivated and, and, and striving the way you do, and keeping your head on straight? Man, if I'm if I'm being really honest with you, um, I lost my grandmother in uh, 2020. And um, that was really tough for me. Um, I, I think that um, when they say that you don't really know what you're missing until you're missing it, um, that kind of spoke volumes to me. Um, my grandmother was my my second mom. She was uh, just about everything I wanted in um, an older woman to you know talk to and have in my corner. Um, she always took care of me when I was uh, sick, when I was down, um, when I wasn't feeling too well. I walk in after school and uh, she would tell me like, you know, what's going on? And like, you know, I, I tried to mask everything and she saw right through it. You know, it was really nothing I couldn't get past her, no matter if I was trying to, she could tell if I was trying to be happy and really wasn't happy. And, um, you know, so I, I know that the one thing with her, um, with her passing away, um, it, it changed me for, um, the good you know obviously it hurt me too um but it changed the way i looked at life um you know I, that was like my first big loss that i took as a as a young man and i feel as though you know she was one thing that i you know i really looked up to um and losing her um hurt me a lot like i said but um that that kind of what keeps me going um you know knowing that she always told me that <clears throat> that I was an asset, never a liability. Um, and it kind of really spoke volumes towards like, you know, football and life and, you know, the ups and downs of what things happen and what goes on in life. Um, I would say looking at my younger brother and my mom too, um, you know, living with them for so long and seeing the things that they went through as well. Um, uh, I know like for me uh, growing up, I still, to this day, um, I, I live in the same room with my brother. Um, and my brother's about to go to college. Um, I'm actually taking him out to college in a couple of weeks. He's going to uh, Xavier University in Louisiana to play baseball. And, uh, you know, he has a four-ride scholarship down there. Right. And uh, he's, uh, he's a little bit different from me. Um, you know, I'm more of like a – I can be reserved, but I'm very much extroverted, and he's really not extroverted. He's more so introverted, which is fine. Um, but um, seeing, you know, him grow into the young man he is today, um, knowing I remember when I left college, he had like a high pitched voice. And I come back four months later and he's like, hey, Jeremy, how you doing? I'm like, <laughs> like where did this come from? You know, he, <laughs> my brother, you know, we wear the same size shoe now. He, he like the same height as me. It's just like it's a total 180 almost. It's like uh, so. um Obviously, having my dad too as well. Um, I think that my, having my my close knit of uh, people around me is what keeps me going. Um, really staying true to who I am, staying humble um, through the ups and downs, through the the good times, through the bad times, through the in between times. Um, that's what really keeps me going throughout. You know what I do. I mean that that begs the question though, Jeremy Senior. What are you feeding them? 
Let <laughs> 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 him go to the NFL. Your son go to Xavier to play baseball. Man, let me tell you what. What it's his mama. So I'm I'm gonna give the story. So it was sophomore year. No freshman year. Um, we, we're we're done with football. We're in wrestling. He's at, he's his coach. His wrestling coach wants him to, to wrestle the two twenty weight. So it's two twenty weight, and then it's two eighty five weight. So the coach is telling us, his mom and I, and I'm I'm listening to the coach. She's not listening. She's like, so you want him to get to two twenty? He's at two thirty, two thirty five. So she was like, oh, you want me to stop feeding him? Oh no, I'm not doing that. I was- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we're not even going to have this discussion. She's like, oh, I'm not doing that. I was like, well, I guess he's going to wrestle 285 at 235. And he was handling them yeah. at 235. So, so it's funny. It's his mom. I can take no responsibility for any, anything he ate uh, at her house. He would get, I would get him on the weekends. And as he would say, we ate as kings. Because I, you know, you know. I, I like to eat the best of the best steaks, potatoes, you know, lobster, shrimp, all the best stuff. He would come and we'd add that at my house. But it, it but feeding Monday through Friday, oh man, that boy was growing since he was like a baby. The boy was just just growing. And I mean, it, it, I, I, I tell her all the time, I was like, it's your fault he was wrestling uh, 285. He didn't get to 285 to what? Like my senior year, yeah, exactly. You have been wrestling it since freshman year in high school, so that was all her. I gotta give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sometimes those difficult, difficult challenges that seem impossible, like I'm gonna rest, wrestle guys older than me that outweigh me by 50 pounds, uh, are the things that, that make you realize one, you can do anything, and two, you got a heart like crazy, you know, and so that's 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 beautiful. Hey, bringing it back to Chicago a minute, tell us about the Mount Carmel experience. Tell us about, you know, what what did that, obviously a lot of pros have come out of Mount Carmel. So what, what, tell us a little bit about how that path kind of prepared you for where you are today. Um, So I I play underneath uh, Coach Frank Lindsey and um, if anybody knows about Frank Lindsey, he's like, at the time, when I was in high school, he was one of the most winningest coaches in Illinois history. He had like at least eleven or twelve state titles. Um, I was never, t- I was never able to get a state title uh, championship. I lost my in a semifinals my senior year uh, because of they had twelve guys on the field. We had eleven, and they they score. Obviously, in high school, they don't have it's the replay, so we wasn't able to go to state that year. Um, but I would say that play underneath uh, Coach Frank Linty. Um, how he ran his program, uh, we really, I talk up to guys that I graduated with even to this day, and they, we talk about how we got to college and we really, it was already like we just knew what to do because the way that Coach Lindsey ran this program, it was like a college-style program. So, like, you come in in the mornings, you get your lift, you get your, you know, your studies in. We always had two practices a day in the summertime. They don't even do that anymore in Mount Carmel, which is crazy. Um, but it, it was the way that he coached us and the way he prepared us as far as men. Um, after every practice, we'll have long, long talks about, you know, how to carry yourself as a man, how to be, um, you know, to shake, shake another man's hand, look him in the eye, um, make sure you're, you know, standing up tall, you speak with a lot of confidence. And I want to say that throughout those four years, um, my growth as a person, as a man, as a, son as a boy it was just it just happened really fast um 
I think this the slogan, if I'm not make, messing it up, um, at Mount Carmel is that you can come to Mount Carmel as a, as a boy, and if you care to struggle and work at it, you'll believe as a man. And um, that holds value to today. Um, they always say that the man that's made at 6410 is always different. And um, it's just, it's very, it's, it's very different. Like Mount Carmel experience as far as high school is like none other. Um, you have so many different people that you meet um, as far as like, that you just don't see all the time. I, as far as grammar school, I went to like an all black grammar school. So going to high school, I was seeing, you know, Mexican, I was seeing Asian, I was seeing white, I was seeing people I've never seen in my life. I was seeing Polynesian. I was like, I don't even know, I didn't know if that was a thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause like growing up on the South side of Chicago, like you only see black people, but then going to a diverse school like that, you see things and you experience things that people just don't see all every day. And uh, that was one thing that, you know, my dad was trying to, you know, instill in me as a young boy was just saying that I want you to have different experiences that I didn't have. Um, my dad went to uh, Hyde Park and he would always tell me about the stories of like the Mount Carmel football players that walked Jackson Park. And he was like, yeah, that's going to be my son. And lo and behold, that was me. So, um, I mean, it was just, uh, I, I want to say that um, if I didn't go to Mount Carmel, I, I probably wouldn't be who I am today. Um, and I would have to dedicate a lot of the the faculty members, the the, the coaches, the everybody that was there for pushing me to be who I was because everybody that was at Mount Carmel genuinely wanted you to win and be great in anything. You know, Mount Carmel was known for the sports side, but what a lot of people don't know is that we have a lot of great, like smart people to go to Mount Carmel with, like CEOs of companies, um, Fortune 500 companies, CEOs of different businesses, and being around those people, even to guys that I graduated with, um, I've been able to come across uh, things that I've never even seen before. And um, I would say that my time on Mount Carmel was really good overall. Excellent, excellent. As we move from Mount Carmel and then we move to uh, Cincinnati Bearcats that obviously have, have really, really, really come on strong in the last uh, 20 years or so as a, as a great football program. And of course, you know, Kelsey, uh, the Kelsey brothers coming out of there have, have, have really made a statement for the, the, the Cincinnati Bearcats. What was that experience like and how did it compare to, uh, you know, leaving Mount Carmel and going to Cincinnati? Um, so a funny story, my freshman year, uh, they get all the freshmen to work out for like the first couple of weeks together. And it's only freshmen. Like we don't get to train with the juniors and seniors and stuff like that. And I'm training with the offensive lineman. And um, at the end of the workout, our coach like tells us to do pull-ups and like, you know, I'm like one of the last people to go, but the guys ahead of me, they can only do like one, if maybe two. And like, I do like 25 straight. And then they're like, you know, they're like, where'd you like, you know, they were just shocked that I could do it because, you know, at the time I was like 325, 320. I got to like 327 my freshman year. And my coach was like, you know, when I came into college, my coach was like, you know, eat what you want, you know, do what you do. You know, you're a big guy. And once he realized how big I got towards the before camp, he was like, all right, now slow down. You know, you're doing a little, you know, you're getting a little bit too big. Um, <laughs> funny thing about it is like, I was going into my senior year, I visited my, I visited Cincinnati with my dad, and one of the offensive linemen there was like, you know, I got to eat so much, and it was big so country. hard. Yeah, they called it they called it big country. He was their starting left tackle at the time, and he was like, I got to eat so much, and 
it's so hard for me to gain weight. And my dad was like, I promise you that's not gonna be you. And like me, I didn't I didn't, I didn't know it till that 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 time, you know, yeah. but like you know, I could eat a burger or two and I could gain 15 pounds. Like I, I can really gain weight and lose weight very, very quickly. So like for instance, for example, when we play Alabama, throughout the whole entire season, I was weighing around 330, 335. I gained 20 to 25 pounds because of the guy that I was going against with a second round draft. Well, he ended up being a second round draft pick and he got drafted by the Redskins. Um, it was number like 47. He was their best lineman that Alabama had at the time. And I just seen, I watched film on him for weeks. And all he did was bull rush guys and like take them to the ground. I guess guys were scared and all he do is bull rush. So I was like, I'm going to gain 20 pounds so he can't bull rush me. So we get to the game and I don't get bull rush. Um, I don't give up a sack. I don't give up a pressure. Um, I actually had a couple of three kicks. Um, you know, that's, that's, boss. that's boss. That's the way to do it. You know, I said some things on I said some things on the field that I can't really repeat on here, but uh exactly. <laughs> uh, I had I had, a, I had a good time against Alabama. Um that was probably one of my games that I would probably tell my kids about. Um because of all the hype that was around Alabama at the time, all the hype around, you know, the us is Cincinnati and Bosley, you know, all that type of stuff. And um I would just say like my, my time at Cincinnati was uh it was great. Um I think I experienced more in five years than I think I've ever experienced. You know, like what, you know, they have the good times with the parties, this, like the girls and this and that, and the football and, you know, just having good times with, you know, the guys on the team. Um, I've made relationships with guys on the team that I'll probably have for the rest of my life. And um, it was it was things that I, I mean, I just remember everything from my freshman year to the time I graduated to the time I left this last year. Um, and it was it was a good time. Hey, speaking of the guys on the team, the Bears just drafted Tyler Scott, who was on your team mm-hmm. up there. And obviously he's Bear for the next few seasons. What should we know about him and what should we expect? Uh, T. Scott going to come in and he's going to work. I'll tell you that. Um, he's going to be the type of guy that's going to be the first guy in, the last guy out. Um, he's probably one of the hardest working guys I've had as a teammate. Um he uh a funny thing a funny thing about T Scott, he uh throughout summer workouts going into the twenty twenty two season, he went like fully vegan. And you know, I would clown him every day. I'm like, you know, you going you doing vegan or whatnot. And I mean that's not doing that for you. And I, I would just, you know, I was just, you know, saying, you know, talking about him. I'm like, you still you still gonna, you know, eat meat eventually, or you know, you think that you eating that and it's not gonna help you. I was just, you know, trying to dog him every day. But um I would say that He's very disciplined. Um, he's very uh, about his work. You know, he's very um, consistent as well. I think consistency is what I can preach about him the most. Um, he's a guy of his word. Um, he doesn't say too much, but um, you know that when he's on the field, he's going to give him his best. It's good to hear and good to know. Good to hear and good to know. Is he fast? He's very fast. That, that That's the thing, too. Uh, I, I think uh, we played Indiana. Uh, we were playing Indiana at home this past year, and he had like four touchdowns. And when I tell you, like, I was like, you know, you should probably back your corners up, and they just wouldn't. So I was like, all right, I guess you're gonna throw bombs on you every day. But he he scored like four touchdowns, 175 yards. Mm-hmm. And I 
that was the game I knew, like, yeah, this, this he he ready for it. You know, he he it's time because after that, every game after that, he just it was big play after big play. Like he's a he's your home running hitter type of receiver. He's not as tall. He's not you know he's not the six five six six guys, but he's he's good enough to play a slot. You know he can get open. He can get you know he's shifty enough. He has good hands. He has good feet. And uh, I think once the Bears put him in his offense, they'll see you know he can um, he can do a lot. Man, we're definitely looking forward yeah. to that. Man. That's huge. That's huge. So you're gonna be watching the Bears games? Are you, you are you a you know? All right, sure. all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's quick, the quick. right answer on this program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Bears fan. He grew up Bears fan. Come that's on, good. That's good. Yeah. It's only right. Like, if he gets chosen by someone, I'm gonna just be like the Paytons. You know, you know. I, I, for the time being, I will be that fan. But once right. he done, I'm back a Bears fan, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it go. You know how it go. So what? So where the Bears one of the team? Like, if you can't, if you can't tell us, you know, obviously, you know, that's cool. But were they one of the teams that uh, you were in contact with prior to the draft? Yeah, um, not as much, but um, I was in contact with them towards um, the later part of the draft. So like. Um, it was for a pro day after our own pro day. So the Bears hosted a local pro day at um, their facility that I went to. And that was like pre that was like pre NFL. It was like two weeks before the draft. They had like local guys from the Chicago land area come out, work us out. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I was up there um, like two weeks before the draft. Okay. Yeah, we definitely need some interior offensive line help, man. So, you know, if you get that call, man, we all going to be happy to hear it. That's right. You know it. Especially me. <laughs> yeah, oh, you get to see your fan allegiance. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so let's uh let's let's circle back to that, you know, when you talk about that Alabama game, man. You really enjoyed that, I'm sure. So, who who do you think is the toughest D-tackle or D-lineman that you played against in college? Um, I played, uh, I think his name was Logan Hall. He was like six, five out of the university of Houston. Um, when I tell you, he's probably like one of the strongest players I ever played against in my life. Um, he had a, he had a certain type of pop to him. Um, so rewind back to the, we played Houston in 2021 for the American athletic conference championship game. Right. I watched film on Logan for like the weeks prior and all you see him do is he blows the guards up. He blows the double teams up like you can't double team him. And um, I vowed to say that he's not going to do that. Um, I didn't again, I didn't give up a sack. I didn't give up a pressure against Logan. Um, and I, I won that day. I won that that matchup that day. Obviously, we won the game. Uh, I think the game was like 35-21 or something like that. Um, we, we beat them pretty handily. And uh, my emphasis was to not get blown up by Logan Hall. Like, whatever I had to do, I just knew that he he played a three-tech. And he was a lanky guy, so he had long arms. So he bat the ball down sometimes. So I had to get his arms down. I had to – I was I, – I like because I was shorter than him, I could get into his chest. So I had to just make sure that I was low enough to get into his chest and control him. And uh, I didn't give up anything against him. I didn't give up a TFL. I didn't give up a sack, a pressure. He literally didn't, not as far as on me. Uh, whatever he did against everybody else, I don't know what he did against everybody else, but when he played against me, he didn't do anything. And he's the 
he's the starting tackle for the Buccaneers now. So, oh wow, okay. that that is that is that is fantastic. So let me ask you a question: In that scenario, uh, how'd you keep his arms down when you know when he gets to that point where he realizes he's not going to be able to sack the quarterback, but he wants to affect the pass? What did you use to keep him from getting his arms up and get getting in the passing lane? Um, the game of football is all about leverage. So I had the leverage battle because I was shorter than him and my arms are long as his, as his. So like, I really would just try to get as low as possible and make sure I get my hands into his chest plate and drive him as far as I could. Um, and that really, he was so focused on me driving him, he couldn't hit, put his hands up. So by me having to be so forceful with him, he wasn't allowed to get his hands up and bat the ball down at, at all. So I just really was just trying to win the – the leverage battle and stay lower than he than he did. Nice. There you, there you go. That's what happens when you face a, a jujitsu wrestling offensive lineman. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. So uh so there is another game we want to ask you about. Uh just this past year. Uh mm -hmm. you guys played against Kennesaw State, who the Bears recently drafted the first player they've ever had drafted out of their program in uh Travis Bell. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Because he is—he uh, was the seventh-round draft pick for us. Um, I mean, you know, um, we—I want to say that for the beginning of the game, I think um, they kind of gave us issues as far as um, defensive-wise. Um, I think we kind of came out last days ago. Um, not that we didn't like respect Kennesaw State, but we didn't hit on all the points that we wanted to as a team. Um, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't really remember playing against him that much, um, if at all. I don't remember his number because I, I seen that they drafted him, but I didn't really remember who he was. Um, but I just know that, you know, once we got to the second quarter, they really couldn't stop what we did on, on offense. Um, but, I, I you know, I think that he did a pretty good job as far as, you know, games after that. But as far as us, I don't think he really affected us as like an offense. Okay. It's always good when you can't remember him because then that, that means, like, if he was killing your quarterback, you'd remember. <laughs> right. 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 So, uh, so where do you see your career going? Like, ideally, you know, if you could plan everything out and make things happen the way you want it, like, how, how does that look for you? Um, as far as the NFL, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, I'll play this year in the XFL and, um, I want to play in the NFL as long as possible. I don't want to necessarily put a number to it. I know I see guys that Tom Brady played in the league for about 20 years, about from my, the, the age I was born until now. So um, I want to play in the league for as long as possible. Um, I've seen guys in the league that played for 5, 10, 15, 20, 20 plus years. And I think the, the main thing about it is it's all, you know, taking care of your body. So looking at what you do, looking at what you put in your body, not putting your body, what you do, what you don't do, how much sleep you get, all that stuff, you know, it, it starts to catch up to you once you, like, when you use your body for, you know, everyday use, what you do to your body is going to show, you know, a lot. Meaning, like, you know, how much sleep you get, what you eat, what you drink, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. So uh, I want to be able to play in the league for as long as possible. Um, I would like to stay with one team or, you know, two teams if possible. I don't, you know, I, I don't really want to move around too much. I would like to, you know, be with one team if I can. Um, but, you know, like, like I said, like the NFL is a business, and um, 
I want to play for whoever wants me, you know, wants me there and wants to, to pay me what I need to be compensated. Okay. Okay. So, so for the Bears fans just listening, right? What do you think? What do you think the season's going to look like? What are your predictions for, for how everything is going? Obviously, we just, you know, got started on rebuilding this roster. We got Justin Fields at the helm, you know, QB1. We just picked up DJ Moore, Tyler Scott, reloaded that wide receiver room. You know, what? Do you, how do you think this season's going to go? Um, For just the Bears in general? Yeah, man, just the Bears. Just the Bears. I feel like um, they they drafted Darnell right too at left tackle. Uh, one thing about Darnell, uh, I trained with um, their, I trained with the tackle Gerald Mincy when I was in Texas, and like I got you know I asked him about like you know how is you know Darnell and how as a player is like you know he he a dog. Um, so I you know I, I watched his film and watched everything that he had to uh, to bring to the table, and I think that having him. You know, anchor the left side, or either if he plays right side or left side, um, I think that would be a good thing for Justin because I think that that will allow him to kind of sit in the pocket a little bit longer, not have to you know you know run like a deer with his you know headlights and everything. Um, I think that uh, the O line I think will be a, a really good key part to the success of the Bears. I think if the O line can stay healthy and stay tight knit, then they will have a successful season. If not, then that will really be the determining factor um, of what happens going forward with the Bears. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so uh, let's finish up with a, with a more personal question, right? So mm-hmm. if you could give one piece of life advice to our listeners, big or small, what would it be? Whew. That's a, that's a heavy question. Um, big or small. Um, I think I think I said it uh, at the beginning um, of just no matter where you are in life, no matter who you, no matter where you are in life or what you do in life, never allow someone to dictate or say what you can or cannot do. Um, I've had coaches, I've had players, I've had media personnel tell me who Jeremy Cooper is, and I've only changed the narrative of what they thought I was. So. I think it's very, very, very important to just know who you are and never allow someone else to dictate who you are. Hey, man, I hear that. That is awesome, yeah. man. And, and we really want to thank you guys for this uh, interview. This was uh, phenomenal and exciting. And, and uh, man, we want to have you back on after you uh, uh, finish, complete your first season so we can kind of come back and review and and talk about you know how much whether it was what you expected it wasn't and, and all of that but it was this is absolutely fun man uh, uh we we wish you the best and, and all the blessings and, and and hey enjoy the enjoy the path man you know yeah. you, you you live the dream enjoy living the dream um you know you you me, me and your dad no your youth only happens once exactly <laughs> enjoy it because uh, uh, you're going to wake up and you'll be sitting with your son going, yeah, <laughs> in a little while. But uh, for now, man, uh, enjoy it and love it. And, man, we, we appreciate you guys, man. Y'all definitely y'all definitely part of the We're Talking Bears family. Thank you. We had a great time. I had a great time. What about you, son? I had a great time. It was a good time talking to you all. And I appreciate you um, allowing me to be on your show and, you know, share my story. Excellent, man. That's Jeremy Cooper. Uh, Cincinnati Bearcats alum, four-year starter at the college level, 
uh, now number nine overall pick in the XFL draft. Man, that's a that's a story for you already, and he's still writing it. You know it. Chicago's on. Chicago's, Chicago's on. Hi, West Outside. So sorry. So sorry. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for being on here. And uh, you know, that's it. We're talking this. I'm uncle. I'm nephew. I'm son. And we're talking bears. Till next time.